Hello and welcome to the Saladcast. And there we come. <laughs> on Saturday the 15th of June. I think it's June. I can't tell by the weather. Oh, no. gone, it's gone blue outside, so I guess that's June-y. <laughs> Talking about the weather again at the start of the podcast. June-y Indeed. Uh, yes, uh, I'm joined by Rob Kemp. Yo. And Zachary Burgess. You didn't say your own name. And I'm... <laughs> my name is Dan Trey. The mystery man. And the host of this podcast. The man of mystery. Indeed. There you the go. hostess with the unknowest. Hostess. The hostess with the mostest. That's how you normally say it, isn't it? The host- no, because you were meant to say hostess, which is why it's meant to rhyme. <laughs> but I'm the hostess. <laughs> yeah, she the most hosty. I'm the hostess here. I, I thought that was what they said when they referred to men, like the hostess with the mostest. Like, I know it doesn't make any sense, but... The host with the most. I know, but that's not, that's not, that's not that's what, they, what you say, like, to be dumb on a... <laughs> describing your host. You didn't get your copy out of No, way. I thought I had. You had to wait until the podcast already started. There's one more in there. Oh, At least. Okay. Right, so we need to define what's going to happen. Yes, this is our E3 special. Woo! One of them, maybe. Yes. Because so, there might be more than one part of this. With the exception of Game of the Year, it's the most exciting part of the, <laughs> the Game of the Year. Yeah, we're doing well for Game of the Year contenders, though, aren't we? What have oh. we got so far? Uh, Devil May Cry, Bioshock Infinite... Um, what else was there? Well, presumably when we get round to it, The Last of Us, given the, given the response that it's been having. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, so... Starbound, lol. Starbound. <laughs> that everything comes out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, The Last of Us. So you're going to buy that? You're going to play that? Well, yeah, I mean, I've been... I play that. I, I will get round to it eventually. I'm not sure... I don't know. My, my current like approach on games is like, I don't... I don't really feel the need to get them like as soon as they come out quite so much. Your current approach of games is play ones that are hella old because yeah. you still refuse you've still got to get through them. Yeah, yeah. true, true. Backlog. Yeah. This is just it, yeah. My, like at the moment my backlog is so large that it's just like I'm a little reluctant to pick up new stuff, but But there hasn't been like, as as, you care about anyway, so Yeah, that's true. As good as The Last of Us looks, and I do care about that, because you know, Naughty Dog and the last three Uncharted games were friggin' amazing. And this was, by all accounts, even more friggin' amazing, but addressing some of Naughty Dog's, like, cliches. Then. It seems like almost um, there was nothing at E3 that has the potential to be as good as The Last of Us demonstrably already is, and yeah. you can buy it today. <laughs> well, we're, obviously, we'll get to all that, but I can't yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, buy and play the games that are already out. They're yeah. frickin' awesome. So speaking of playing games that are already out, yes, moving this shit along. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go straight to what you've been playing so that we can fit in all the E3 stuff. So let's go. Because basically, news doesn't exist apart from E3. That is the whole news section. So we'll get to. (laughs) So you know, here's the. We're just gonna you know make you wait. (laughs) Get this. Get the dumb shit we've been playing out of the way. Oh, but then they won't get the people. They're looking forward to someone saying news, but they won't get it. We'll have to say E3 or something. I'm sure we could just say news quite a lot. Sure, just every new section, every every press conference. New, just so new. Okay, so what have you been playing, Zach? Game. <laughs> I've been playing. Well, first of all, let's go through the whole rigmarole of fixing my goddamn computer because after my graphics card was, it was really dumb because I said last time it was it started crashing. Yeah, and then I turned on my second monitor so I could have like my desktop widgets visible so I could see if it was overheating or whatever. And that kind of solved the problem for a week. It didn't crash at all for an entire week while I had my second monitor on. And I was like, 
well, this is dumb. <laughs> it's like, that can't be the problem. That can't be a solution. No. There's no reason that turning on the second one would fix it. But then, then eventually, uh, it's like, so it worked fine for that week. Okay. And then and then it started crashing, like, not even in games, just in, like, Windows. Generally. Like, like Steam's main front page crashed it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess, I guess that means it's definitely time to get rid of this then. So I got rid of that. I got Borrow Rob's old card temporarily. Very temporarily, because it turned mm. out I was just like, fuck it, I'll just order it. <laughs> I'll just buy a fucking new one, get it in there. How much did that cost? It's like 300 and something. Jesus. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> went for the, did you go for the exact same one as me? No, the, I, uh... I went EVGA instead. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Jesus. For no particular reason. Yeah, the Ebgers, or whatever you want to say. They're, they're a tiny bit cheaper, but the... Yeah. Uh, um, the, the Asus OC <laughs> and they come with a such, little bit more powerful. They come with such dumb shit like case stickers and yeah, <laughs> they always come with crap. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get and a poster. <laughs> what free games do you get from ages ago? I don't. What with ages ago? Well, usually they give you games that I are better. I think out of they had. I think the deal for like all Nvidia cards at the moment is like Metro, but I'm not sure whether it's, it applies yeah, to this it's one. It's not all cards. It didn't apply to my one. <coughs> I'm not like, sure it applied to this one either. Because when I went... <laughs> I the, the Nvidia deal at the time with my card was, or, or Nvidia cards in general was, you could buy one and you'll get like content for a ton of free-to-play games. Right. So like you get some stuff in Planet Side and yeah. some stuff in World of Tanks. And it's like, cool. Well, none of it really sounded that interesting. Right. So it's like, well, I don't care about that. And then for a brief time, they did an, an Assassin's Creed 3 voucher, which was slightly more appealing, you know, because I reckon that game must actually look pretty good on PC. Yeah. I expect so. Um, but that wasn't on the card that I wanted. And I'm like, well, you know, I, bet I might get it eventually on some kind of Steam sale. Woo. So. And the other thing that was done about this card is it had, I thought this was kind of weird in terms of like a sort of static issue where, because it, it has the really fancy like, you know, plastic encasement around the card, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, it had the pa- peel-off plastic to protect the shininess Ooh, yes. on the card. And I was yeah. like, that seems a bit... <laughs> yeah, mine had that as well. That does seem a bit dumb, considering you're just going to shove it in your PC and never yeah. see it again. Well, it seems somewhat dangerous to leave it like, there yeah. as well, you know, yeah. just melt Melts. or block the fan. And when or... you're peeling it off, it sounds like it would be causing static, although I'm sure it isn't, but it's like mm. that weird peeling that... sound. Yeah. Yeah, everyone loves that feeling of peeling that shit off. But then it was like, <laughs> yeah. so it, the whole card was wrapped in like one layer of it that wasn't, it was just like loosely attached. So mm-hmm. it's just like, get rid of that. And then all the individual parts that were shiny had one, even the incredibly tiny, like less than an inch surface area, a little bit on the side that was shiny. It was like, <laughs> peel that tiny bit off. <laughs> I nearly didn't spot it. <laughs> so yeah, shove that in there. Luckily it fits. I turned out my my they're long old cards, aren't they? Yeah, it turns out my case actually has enough space in front of where the card graphics card goes. And actually, I I think the I don't know if it, if the EVGA one is different, but it's not actually really any longer than the card I had in there to start with. Okay, it's about the same. Yeah, the, I think the, they've the, hit their the, limits. Basically, well, the yeah. six seventy is a little bit longer than my two seven five GTS, but I think it might be as long as the old two seven five GTX, which is about as long as I think they've ever been. Yeah, and it's like I mean, I, I remember originally making the decision not to go for the GTX and get a GTS before because I thought it was going to bump up against my hard drives, but there was more space than I expected. But it very like... nearly, it very nearly interferes with the PCI slot below it. 
it's like so close yeah. to the to the like the plastic mount on the motherboard. Yeah. <laughs> because you need to be able to fit two next to each other, so yeah. they have to be designed to be. Yeah. No. Although then, how do you draw that? How does the air get drawn when you do that ridiculous? Yeah, that's what I always think about. Yeah. 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 It's like surely that just blocks half the fans. Yeah, yeah. the bottom card is in trouble. <laughs> And it's like, this card could be a 4SLI if you have a ludicrous yeah. amount of cash. A 4SLI, please. You need a crazy motherboard to support that yeah. as well. I think my motherboard goes up quite high. I think I bought mine specifically for the layout of the of the um, slots, pretty much. Because I knew I wanted to fit a uh, PCI Express sound card in, in right. a specific place. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I looked at all the motherboards just to see that if I ever did want to go... Uh, uh, not SLI, but the equivalent for Radian, whatever that's Crossfire. Called. I Crossfire Infinity, Infinity bullshit. <laughs> that I would have the space. Well, Infinity is just for the surround. Yeah, monitors, yeah, isn't yeah. It? But, that's yeah. that's super cool. That stuff. And then with the power plugs, it t- took the same number of power plugs, which is convenient because I didn't have to fuck around with like finding more cable or whatever. Well, they all need two nowadays, yeah. don't they? Yeah. yeah. Although they, they did show the diagram of like theoretical ones, where it's like you can have yeah, there's some weird two new... eight pins or one eight pin and two six pins. It's like Jesus Christ! Yeah, there's, some, there's weird new fittings now, which, oh, are, which are becoming a bit of a pain, I suppose, if you want to upgrade and like your car requires additional <laughs> pins. But I don't think many of those are about. But no. presumably they might be if you get a seven hundred series or a Titan yeah, okay. or something like that. But it was slightly annoying where like for some reason because my previous car it just had two the two power plugs this one for no apparent reason it, they're above each other and the bottom one is upside down so I had oh, to right. annoyingly twist the cable which had been obviously it had been fixed in such such a position for so long it had yeah. moulded into that shape and it was like now I have to twist this goddamn thing oh, that's awkward <laughs> My power supply came with so many attachment modules because it's 850 watts yeah, so it's mine. like ridiculous <laughs> although my one isn't modular so it was just Luckily, uh, luckily, all the cables are nicely cable tied, so I, I didn't have to interfere with that nice layout that right. they left me with That's when they cool. built the machine. <laughs> yeah, mine's not so great. Mine's like the, the like skanky old, like every not modular, everything fixed, not that yeah. well isolated style cables. Yeah, so there's just cables everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I shoved it in, and then then I had the fun time of more problems. Oh no! What? <laughs> well, it's really dumb because I put it in. Yeah. And it, I, I first ran Borderlands 2 and that worked. Well, first of all, Borderlands 2 crashed on, on launch, but it was just a ra- it was just like a regular crash. And okay. I was like, well, this yeah. obviously isn't related to the graphics card. Verify yeah. the Steam case. And then it worked. Yeah. It might have been like just, uh, I don't know. Some games sometimes have problems when you swap cards because yeah, they, they don't, they don't automatically figure out, oh, wait, this is a different card. But yeah. I verified the Steam case and then it worked. And it was like, well, that's fine. And then Borderlands 2 seemed to work okay. But then when I came to run Eve and, and Guild Wars, you launch them, and the internet immediately disconnects. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and I was like, well, what the fuck? Drawing, what, was he, were you literally drawing too much power or something? Well, it was like... Bits of your motherboard. Yeah, it can't... Yeah, yeah, it's like, it can't possibly be a power ring. And my no. fucking power supply is 850 watts from it's a start. It's just gigantic. <laughs> and the car doesn't use any is... more plugs, so it's not drawing any more from that, surely. So then I was like, well, what the fuck could this possibly be? And then I was like, well... The only I so I searched to try and see what people were saying. It was like, well, the only thing that make that makes even the remotest bit of sense, but still doesn't make any sense, is RQ conflict. And it's like, it can't fucking be an RQ conflict. It's <laughs> that bit of problem. That's like the oldest problem in the history of the entire universe. <laughs> what a hardware? Yeah, conflict. But so, so it's like in theory. Well, as quite a few of the forum friends on this topic were saying, it's like in theory, Windows Seven, you shouldn't actually be able to get IRQ conflicts because Windows actually it manages it itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So I went and looked, and it's like, it's not detecting a conflict, but the graphics card and the network card are actually on the same IRQ. <laughs> oh, shit. So it did actually... There well, no, conflict, but because there wasn't a conflict. <laughs> it's because it's, cause it can... Because of the way Windows can manage it now, it can have more than one thing on the same IQ. I assume it's because it's the it's the PCIe slot and the PCI slot directly below it are oh, on the okay. same IQ. So yeah, it knows how to identify the two signals. Yeah. yeah. So the, well, I suppose they must have reached a point at some, uh, when, yeah, where, where they, they ran out, out of IQ channels. Because there's only like sixteen of them by default, yeah. which is like nothing, and at least six of those are reserved for system stuff. Hmm. So I was like, well. I was like, well, I don't have any other ideas. So I, I ended up swapping my network card and my sound card in the two PCI slots. Wait, wait, wait. So your network card is a network card. It's not on your motherboard. Yeah. So it can have wireless. It's wireless. Right. Oh, right. Sorry. So I swapped, I swapped the sound card and the network card. And I was like, well, now if I launch like even Guild Wars and then my sound starts fucking up, I'll know, <laughs> I'll know it's a conflict on that port. <laughs> and of course it didn't. And it just disconnected the internet again. And I was like, well, what okay. the fuck? It wasn't that. That's pretty weird. But then of course, what does it turn out to be? Electronic interference! Apparently this new graphics card puts up so much data down the cable that having the antenna next to the cable makes it kill the internet. Oh, wow. It didn't do it on my last graphics card. In fact, on my last graphics card, the antenna was literally wedged between two monitor cables and it didn't get affected. Right. That's crazy. But now on this new one, you can't have the antenna no. next to the cable because it just kills it. Is it a new cable or are you using your old cable? No, it's the same monitor because it's attached to the monitor rather well, than... No, I didn't know if the, the cables you're using to feed the monitor were they new or did they just using the same ones you had before? Yeah, it's the same. Well, I get, it must be sending a stronger signal then. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like... I have you got a DVI cable that's like hardwired into the back of your monitor? Yeah, it's part of the monitor. That's weird. That is strange. That's very well, it's unusual. quite an old monitor at this right. point, really. You're you still using the Epson. No, the Xerox. Xerox, sorry, yeah, not Epson. <laughs> I knew it was a printer manufacturer for some reason. <laughs> I, well, I was also trying to work out who was the... Who was the company who bought that design? Philips. Oh, it was Philips. Because I've got one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like... Not I'm, here, but upstairs no. I've got an old Philips one that's the widescreen version of yours. Yeah. Because I was like... Well, I, I started looking at monitors and I was like, maybe I should just buy a monitor at the same time as I'm buying this card upgrade. But I just thought, fuck it. But the other trouble is now I'm down to one monitor again because the other monitor I have is super old and it's only VGA and this card doesn't support that any longer. No, that's not, <laughs> you, no. Well, you can. You need one of those DVI. No, it doesn't support the connector because it's... Oh, well, not at all. No, it only does... You can't does, even use the adapter. No, though. it only does ah. straight DVI and DVI-D and the monitor I have, the, my main monitor is DVI hmm. so it won't go in the DVI-D slot so I can't use the... I thought if you had VGA like, to DVI to go into the, what would normally be the DVI slot. Yeah, I thought if you had like a regular DVI port that they, you know, they essentially output both a DVI well, a regular, and a VGA signal a regular at the same one time. Does, but, but then I need two mm. to do that. And the other one's DVI-D. Is that the dual link thing? Yeah. So you can't, the regular DVI cables won't go into that. Yeah. So I need a DVI-D for 3D because you need DVI-D yeah. to run 120 oh, right. hertz. Because you've got to double the... Yeah. So yeah, I got through all that situation and then my computer is working again. It hasn't crashed yet, so <laughs> presumably that was the problem. <laughs> we have to hope. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yep. Mysterious. It is almost always like a blue screen issue on most gaming setup PCs is a graphics card problem. Yeah. It's pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it could be like, you know, really, really bad hardware failures. I mean, hard disk failures. So yeah. 
could could go that route as well. But so after all that, I didn't really play much on the PC. I guess. Have you got any games that now look suddenly look better? Not really. No. I mean that old card could handle quite a lot. Well, I haven't run Battlefield yet. That's the. But one I could. Game. I used to have Battlefield turned up quite a lot. But your Team Fortress, oh no, you upgraded after that, because you used to play Team Fortress at quite a low frame rate, to yeah, my eyes. that was my old computer. Like, yeah, yeah, sorry, I remember now. It's like, that must run like stink anyway on your last, <laughs> last build. Yep, pretty much. <coughs> so yeah, I did play much on the PC, and then just like yesterday, because it came out on Friday, <laughs> I got my stupid code for the free copy of Animal Crossing, and started Woo! that. Woo! And started running around and... Catching a shit ton of bugs because it's the bug catching competition. What are your right initial uh, thoughts? Is that the first thing you get to do, the bug catching? Yeah, it was like, it's one of the events. I think it happens. I, I, I accidentally I sort of glanced at a calendar thing that tells you when all the special events were, but I wasn't really paying that much attention. But I think the bug catching thing happens like once a month during summer. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was like a, a fixed event to sort of ease you into the event. No, system, like. <laughs> it was just a coincidence hmm. that it happened to be today. And I was like, oh, well, okay then. I better fucking catch all the bugs. And then in about a quarter of an hour, I'll have to turn it on and find out whether I won. <laughs> <laughs> Live results. Yeah. So yeah, that's Animal Crossing. Real time weapon change. Real time weapon change. <laughs> <laughs> not actually, though. You actually have to go to a menu and it's like... <laughs> it's not real time. Oh, it's not real time <laughs> at all. <laughs> Pause menu weapon switching. Yep. Innovative features. It's actually really annoying. Because you have... Particularly if you want unequip. Because you, you actually have to go... Because, like, if you want to shake a tree, you have mm. to be not holding all the things. You have to go into your menu, and then it's, like, unequip the thing that I'm holding so I can shake a tree. And then maybe if you shake a tree, a bug falls out, and then you have to go back into the menu and go, now equip the bug there. And then <laughs> so the specific feature that you actually want is real-time weapons. Yeah, basically. And they haven't got it. <laughs> awesome. I, I can see that being relatively irritating. Unless it's just something I haven't found out yet, of course. Or, like, you know, I have pushed some, all the buttons. Some shortcut. Yeah, because that sounds like one of the things that would be the best match to the D-pad if you're using the analog stick to move around. Yeah, you know, something like that. A bit like the old Zelda C button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, C button. Yeah, that'd be good. Maybe it has it. I don't know yet. I haven't paid. I haven't. You know, I've just been running around catching fucking bugs. I haven't (laughs) discovered most of the shit about this game yet. Okay, (laughs) you're just getting into it then. Yeah, we'll have a more thorough report next time. I guess so. How much debt are you in? What? You in any debt yet? Well, I paid off the house, first house loan immediately, hmm. mainly because I was catching all those bugs, and all the bugs you don't catch, you just self-catch. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, there you go. Pays off that. But I expect the second state. I assume that there's going to be even more crippling debt in a, once the house gets oh, paid, which will be tomorrow. <laughs> that's one of the main... Hooks yeah, the exactly. That's the whole point of Animal Crossing. Crippling debt. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a life interest. lesson. I don't know if you have to pay interest. That would really suck. <laughs> Especially if you forgot to play the game yeah. for a while. You'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I bet that's how it's like, like, oh, you seem to have paid this off. Right, so now let's deal with your interest. Ah! Oh! <laughs> Tom Nookie knows what he's doing. <laughs> I can't remember what else I even did play. I guess I played, casually played more of Mystery Dungeon and a tiny bit more Fire Emblem as well, just grinding missions in both of those. Hmm. I did actually do one more of the story missions of Fire Emblem because <laughs> I'd finally ground everyone enough enough to be like, okay, now you're not just instantly going to die. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's a great side of phrase. Can't say grinded. No, but grind <laughs> no. someone up. It kind of in the in means like making them into tiny little particles yeah. rather than uh, and breaking them, them down stronger. instead of leveling them yeah, up. And yeah, and making them stronger. So yeah, I did that. Right. Rob, so you done? Yeah. Yep, what much. you been playing, Rob? Uh, I finished Catherine. Woo. And uh, 
I I pretty, I like that game. I have to say, it's like I was a little dubious at first, but you, you uh, there's a moment like I don't know. It's 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 like I suppose where you have a lot of games, but it seemed more clear cut in this, where you had a sort of like my the difficulty of the game seemed to suddenly get easier for me. Ah, you just like, learned something, or did it actually just level out? I'm I'm not sure. You see, part of, part of me thinks. Oh, I just had some kind of internal epiphany and suddenly just figured out how to get out of most situations. Because, I don't know, it's just, I think it was like uh, just over halfway through the game that I found things, I could just blitz through stages a lot easier. Bosses weren't quite so irritating and some of the puzzle design wasn't quite so tricky to overcome. I don't know if that's me figuring out the mechanics or if the difficulty curve is just a bit fucked up. Um, it's, it, that wasn't so clear. And it's still a little frustrating because my the, some of the stuff I said about you know the other half of the game, the story elements and the uh, gameplay, it's never quite clear exactly what you're affecting and what you're not affecting, right. which would be cool, except for the fact that I'm pretty sure you have no effect on the story until right at the end. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like a classic, you know, because during the game you're making decisions, but they're just affecting this little blue-red bar thing. And I think one of the... There's like five questions. All right, and these might these might be slight, slightly spoiler terms about how the game actually functions. So if you, and that's some of the charm of the game the first time through. I think is trying to figure out what everything does. Yeah, and the game has a tendency of explaining what features are later than they actually become useful. So like you'll get told in a text message like, "Hey, have you noticed this thing?" Um, it's like, "Yeah, I had noticed that." <laughs> like it tells you about the bar and just describes it as the mysterious bar. <laughs> So like, have you noticed this thing when you make certain decisions? Oh, I wonder what it means. Oh, great, cheers. <laughs> it does it does things like that quite a lot. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, that bar affects the ending, and there's a series of questions during the last stage that also affect the ending. Right. You can't, as far as I can tell, apart from some of the um, bar patrons, which you can save by being nice to them, um, there's no story element you can alter up till the very end. Um, and I, I, you know, I was, I was a little bit surprised, but apparently, and I had to look this up on the wiki, just like how the endings play out. Cause it's like, I'm, I doubt I'm going to play through it again, but um, just how the, um, what the other endings are. Apparently there's eight of them. And I got what is known as the Catherine with a K uh, true ending, which means I played like a, like a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is somewhat relieving, given that Naomi was sort of watching me some of the time <laughs> I was playing this game and making the moral decisions. So it's like, okay, cool. This, this seems to have worked out. I'm, I may have scored some brownie points here. Fantastic. Um, uh, but there are some of the... I mean, Zach obviously knows where the story goes because he hinted at it last time. But um, some, some of the... Yeah. yeah, some of the Catherine River Sea endings sound freaking bonkers. Or, and so there's, on top of that, there's, um, so there's three endings for whichever lady you choose, true, good, and bad. Um, and there's also a couple of endings for freedom, as in if you basically end up being in the neutral ground, um, rather than siding either way, which are just, just really insane. It's, uh, it's always, it's, it's always kind of, I think most players are either going to side one way or the other. Yeah. You know, that's it's typical gamer mentality, isn't it? You always gun for one of them. Yeah. It's like Mass Effect. You never gun to be like the <laughs> well, because, you always paragon or renegade. Well, it's because especially in Mass Effect it was like and the well, the earlier Mass Effects it was worse where 
it literally locks you out of options if you don't go one way or the other, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't be neutral without being less powerful. Or yeah. sort of. I think throughout the, the, the puzzling action, I think there are a couple of mechanics that come across as a little unfair. Some of the bosses fire attacks that at moments during the puzzle, depending on where you happen to be, sometimes they're pretty much unavoidable and you will die. And you have to go back to either the star level or the last checkpoint. And it's like, that can be highly frustrating. Um, and there are certain blocks as well that um, get introduced that are just the most frustrating things in the world. Like some block, uh, some blocks towards the end are called monster blocks and can move by themselves, which will occasionally really screw up your strategy to try and escape the section. I mean, they're not that bad because they don't move that often, but every now and then they will be, they will move in such a way that it's like, well, I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> Damn. Um, cheers for that. <laughs> Um, which is highly frustrating, and, and trap blocks for me are the worst because there's they serve no point but to be frustrating. A trap block is a, like a as soon as you stand on it, a series of spikes comes off. But it get, there's like a split second window that if you just walk across it in one go, the spikes will fire just after you step off, so you can fire them and make them safe. Um, but sometimes they're a little bit hard to spot. Sometimes they're um, Sometimes some of the block types aren't that distinct from each other, so they can be a little difficult to see. And you know, just when you're in a, you're trying to solve it, you'll accidentally step on a trap block and you're dead. And it's like they solve no purpose but to frustrate, mm-hmm. rather than being part of the clever puzzle elements. And it's yeah, um, that that bit sucks. But yeah, you know, I, I kind of warmed to it. I have to say, um, some of the controls I still think are a bit funky. Like if you're trying to hang off blocks and you end up hanging around the back of blocks, the controls seem to sort of reverse at random. Ah. It's like it's a bit <laughs> the classic. It's a classic leap into space, Ezio. Type a, a little deal. bit, yeah. Which like it, it does say at one point, it's like, oh, be careful when you're around the back that the controls reverse. And it's like, and I'm just sort of thinking to myself, well, why do they reverse? Like I, I want to do what I, the problem I had, I think, in the first place was so if I push in a certain direction relative to what I can see. I want to move in that direction, but I don't know why the controls feel like they have to reverse around the back. Because basically, it just means that in certain circumstances, you just end up jiggling back and forth on a block, and it's I find it hard to sometimes wrap my head around. Right, actually, I need to be doing the exact opposite of what I'm doing to try and get around this section. I don't know. It seems needlessly complicated. Yeah, but the way around it, I suppose, is if you want to just do a large stretch of movement, is if you just hold down the button, he'll keep going in that direction. And um, so yeah, not so not so keen on that mechanic, but. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I, I discovered the other day that perhaps I should have been playing it with Japanese voiceover, though. Because <laughs> it's better. Well, but, well, naturally, it's a Japanese <laughs> game, you know, so some of the... It, may, it might have made some of the cutscenes like slightly more bearable, because the voice acting's okay. Um, but it's a little... I don't know. Sort of, it's a little... Jap- it, Japanese stuff always sounds slightly bonkers in English, doesn't it? Like, yeah. the, the emotional response doesn't ever seem quite right, or uh, a little... Stilted, it's it, I guess. Stinted. It's like it doesn't um, match the doesn't match the the facial animations as good in English because you, uh, yeah, when it's know. in Japanese, you don't know what that was actually meant to look like. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like it's yeah, it's not quite right. But I did find out that Vincent, yeah, not only looks like uh, Spike from Cowboy Bebop, so and the Japanese version is voiced by the same guy. That <laughs> makes sense. Which would have been awesome, so I probably should have done that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Catherine. It's, uh, I, as I say, I don't think I'm going to go back to it, but I only got like a third of the trophies on it, and some of them, from what I've read, are insane mm-hmm. to try and achieve. So 
Um, it's pretty hardcore if you want it to be. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. It, I, I think I enjoyed it because it's fresh and because it doesn't fit into the typical Western categories of a video game. You know, I, I said that before. It's a little bit like I don't know. Japanese games just don't seem to be so common or so. Uh, well, yeah, just well known, I suppose, over here. Mm. And so playing through an actual Japanese game that felt a bit Japanesey was kind of kind of nice to nice to go back to. Um, so yeah, that's Catherine. Um, played quite a lot more Half Second Hero. Half minute, half minute hero. <laughs> oh, yeah, half second. Half hero. second hero would be a much harder game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Half minute hero. I I quite like that. Uh, so I finished the main campaign of that. Um, uh, yeah, just basically did it. It's, most, it's mostly the same all the way through, to be honest. But um, uh, but it's somewhat cool. It perhaps goes on for a little longer than it should. Right. The campaign, and um, in actual fact, you probably unless you're going for like there is one achievement for I think nailing everything. But unless you're really going to go for that, um, then you can. I wouldn't worry too much about the split routes after all. You get some loot on some of them if, that you probably wouldn't get on other routes and some of that loot can be really nice. But uh, my tip would be don't worry too much about the split routes. Um, right. But yeah, I quite enjoyed that. But then it unlocks like several bonus modes. Um, now here's the, the the weird thing about this. If you're playing in... Uh, the, the, the game has two graphics modes. Um so you have like classic mode, which is done in like 16-bit SNES-style graphics, or you have the the mode I was playing in, which is what they call Neo Cartoon, which is like it's basically sort of sort of cartoony, but with not but much animation, a bit retroy, you know, sort of a weird halfway house. It's like let's make the old graphics slightly sharper style thing, right? And um, but weirdly, the bonus modes. If I was to go into after you finish the game, like the Evil Lord 30 comes up instead of Hero 30. And it's like, play that. And that's actually just one level of of gameplay where you play as a different character. And it's like, all right, okay, fine, I'll do that. And then it opens the next one. So if you swap to classic graphics mode, Evil Lord is actually a totally different game. Okay. It's like a completely different mode that plays very differently. It's like it becomes a top-down almost. You have to summon enemies and then point them in the general direction of the bad guys you want them to kill. And it's like, it's a very different game. And there's more levels and it's actually quite a lot to it. And it's like, so, but it's just, there's no clue that the two graphics modes would mean that there's two different games there. That's weird. I just sort of, the only clue was when I looked at the Steam achievements, it's like, finish level five of Evil Lord. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> there's more than one level? There's more, how? But, so yeah, it, it actually describes it as classic Evil Lord. And it's like, ah, right. Okay. So maybe if I swap graphics modes, oh, wow, this is very, this is, this is cool. <laughs> there's more to it. So there's actually quite a lot to this game. Surprisingly, when it does when it does go on sale, it's summer super sale. cheap. So, <laughs> but sale, even yeah. so, it's probably worth the the regular price, which I think is only a couple of quid, something like that. It's not it's not pricey at all. Um, so yeah, well worth it. Uh, and I started playing Dust and Elysian Tale. Yeah, on nothing that I might on explore. Uh, so I've played a few hours of that, and I really like it so far. I mean, really like it. It's pretty goddamn good. Um, so what is that game again? I it's forget. a 2D brawler, essentially. Um, so you play it a bit like... Uh, do you know... Are you familiar with Odin Sphere or Muramasa? Mm. Um, they're vanillaware games, but they were kind of like 2D brawlers a little bit. Right. Where you, 
you have a blade and you did you play the dishwasher or do you remember the dishwasher from explore no i don't remember that at all um they're basically like Castle Crashers, only more about combo. Yeah, it's the, right. the, the, there's much more of a the combat's a little deeper. You can do combos by different button presses, and you know air juggles and all that stuff is possible. And mm-hmm. um, it's a bit like imagine a simplified Devil May Cry in two D. I guess is where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. But it has a the adventure trappings a bit of a like a Castlevania or sort of Metroidvania style game. So you have a map, you can go around. So there are some elements you can't do until later in the game that you have to come back to. So it has an element of that as well. Um, it's all the graphics are hand drawn, pretty much. There's, there's, you know, there's some exceptions to the rule, but they are very well animated. It has to be said, it is a beautiful looking game. Um, what's made it even more extraordinary by the fact that it was all done by one guy. Yeah, it's like it's an incredible achievement. It really is. And we said this before when it was all out and before I even played the game, it was like, <laughs> it just looked great. But seeing it in action, like when you're playing it, it's, it's lovely looking. Really great. Even if like some of the character design, I think is possibly a little childish for my tastes, yeah. but um, what you know, everyone big, eye, about it, really. big eyed bunnies. <laughs> it was the one thing everyone complained about or not really complained. Sort of like, were like, if this was better, this would be perfect, but but it's fine. Hey, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It's yeah. it's 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 different. Let me let's put it that way. It's kind of, and it doesn't do anything other than try and set itself up as a fairly family friendly game. And you know, it's not bloody. It's not brutal. There's not swearing. It's actually quite humorous in places in a really stupid sort of like Saturday morning cartoon the kind of way. fairly dark though. Well, I haven't got to any dark no. yet because it all starts with an amnesia yeah. plot. Yeah. So, You'll find out something eventually. So, yeah, I, I actually don't know what's going on at all at this point, but uh, I, the, the voice acting is surprisingly good as well. It's solid. Um, not, you know, I mean, your character is kind of a bit like moody, sort of deep voice kind of guy saying, oh, I don't know what's going on. I seem to have lost my memory. (laughs) Yeah. And and you have a um, a very well-spoken sword called Ara. Actually, you don't have talking swords. He's like, your name is Dust. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I do not know why you have summoned me. I suspect we shall find answers up ahead. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. They even explain, like, game systems, like just the characters casually talking to each other. It's like, if you... Uh, as you hit enemies, you may notice that your hit chain increases, and then if you if you end a battle with a high hit chain, you will gain bonus experience. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. All these like HUD elements we're talking around. <laughs> yeah, they do that a lot. So, like, um, so you have a companion called Fidget, who's supposed to be guardian of the sword, who's like this flying thing. thing. Um, so yeah. she just kind of acts as the widely, I think it's she, um, kind of acts as the. Uh, the comedy element and she's actually quite good because she's like reluctant but somewhat nervous about things and then makes up for it. I don't know I think the writing is pretty good and the way it's and the voices for the characters are so far somewhat perfect it's somewhat perfect well, no, I say somewhat perfect because the only exceptions so far have been some of the townspeople I've had to meet right they've had like like dod- generic NPCs yeah dodgy Australian accent man <laughs> okay. and, and slight Irish twinge man like it doesn't twinge man yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, those voices haven't been so great, but they're not bad. That's the thing. No, no voice, no, nothing. I, I, I don't know. I say, I really like it so far. Um, I'm going to keep playing it. Cool, yeah. And yeah, I'm highly impressed. Should, should have played it sooner. 
as always. <laughs> yeah, as always. As always. Yep. Because it's annoying because it came out like last year, didn't it? So it's like, oh, I can't put it this in any game of the year categories unless it's like best game of this year we played last, last year. Yeah, that one category the most hotly contested category. For that yeah. reason. But yeah, really, really like it. Um, that pretty much sums me up. Okay. Cool, yeah. Um, I won the bug catching competition right hooray, now. Hooray, <laughs> result. Got my gold trophy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to win. Um, I, what, what have I played? <laughs> yeah, what have I, you played? You played I, some Kerbal. I bought Kerbal's base program. Because it so. got cheap. Yeah. So I, 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 I was like, go, I saw it and I was like, oh shit, I better tell Dan. And then by the time I remembered to tell you, you'd already bought it. And I was like, well, that's good. <laughs> he was actually paying attention. Well, I, I, I was paying attention. List, I had it on my wish list, but I was paying attention. So I bought it before I received the email oh, saying, okay. um, saying, Something so on your wish list sale. is on sale. Yeah, because <laughs> I like put a few things on my it's wish list. It's quite handy, that. Yeah, uh, it's also nefarious, yeah. but it's freaking awesome. Yeah, so yeah, I bought that. So like I say, I only made a couple of rockets so far and I haven't figured out the navigation things, but I managed to get into a ridiculously massive orbit. Yeah, like you just I, went straight up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I did tilt it over a bit. I'm not sure about the controls for tilting just yet. I don't think I've got... I've never tried... The, I haven't tried the reaction control systems yet. So well, I think you need I, one of them. I just basically completely lose all control once I leave the atmosphere, basically. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, I had well, I, mean, a, I had a thrust vector on 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 one of on my second stage main engine, right? So I had some control. Yeah, but if you have thrust vectoring, that does a lot for. Yeah. Although that's normally more useful for like the earlier stages because right keeping a really heavy rocket straight when you're going on the main thrust. That's yeah. why you want. There's a lot of thrust vectoring that goes on there. Yeah. I mean, you can. A lot of, I mean, that wastes quite a lot of fuel in theory because you're doing a lot of adjustments. That's true. But so you can lock it if you, you know, you can lock the gimbals on the thrust vectoring engines if you want. But I always, I always just use that because my main problem with the heavier rockets is I can never work out how to get them to be maneuverable using just the SAS stuff. Right. Because I don't think that the SAS actually works the way I think it does. What does it do, freaking do? Because, I mean, it, it stops you going crazy, but you still have some control, right? Do you? Or don't you? Well, or does it just lock you to wherever you're freaking going? It's like you lock the direction you're facing, and then if you hit the controls, it, yeah. it bends away, but then when you release it, tries to recenter. So you actually have to untoggle it in order to do manoeuvres. Yeah. And then it just relocks your heading. But then there's the two different kinds, like the advanced SAS and the regular SAS. And the regular oh. SAS is just meant to... Stabilise? I've never... I haven't quite worked it out, because the normal SAS, it does better at reducing spin than it does at manoeuvring. Right. But you can still use the use it to manoeuvre, because it's like, it's gyroscopes or whatever, so it's inertial. Yeah. So obviously, the, the heavier, heavier your vessel, the less effect it has. Yeah. Because it only has a certain amount of force it can apply. Right. And then the advanced SAS is meant to control all the active stuff. So that's like the wings that, that uh, in atmosphere. And and if you have working. if you have an advanced SAS, that's also it also changes how it uses RCS the thrusters. Uh. Because if you don't have an advanced SAS, but you do have the RCS, when you turn the SAS on regular SAS, mm-hmm. that can't control the thrusters. So it won't automatically use the thrusters to control your direction in space. So you need an advanced SAS to actually automatically use the thruster systems. Because I only chose the two different SAS modules because they're different sizes. And I needed, <laughs> I wanted a bigger one on my bottom yeah. bit and a small one at the top. Well, they, they I think they, 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 
they still haven't changed it. And I was thinking of command modules they've changed recently. So there's now a large robotic command module oh, for the it? large size. Oh, okay. Because they used to only have they used to only be tiny size yeah. robotic, and then they made regular and large in the last update. Oh, okay. So now you can put the robotic control anywhere in your ship, which is handy. Right. But yeah, they haven't done that with the SASs because it's like. There's an advanced SAS for large and small, but regular SAS only has small. Oh, okay. I need I need to find the small advanced SAS yeah. in the menu. Okay, so I'll, I will uh, update you on my uh, <laughs> right. flights. So yeah. it's one of these things where you only need one of them, though. Well, the thing is about advanced SAS is supposedly there's actually kind of a bug with it, really, that if you have more than one, they kind of fight. Or if you have more than one advanced. Yeah, if you have more than uh, one advanced, that can actually screw you up because they try and fight over which direction to control the ship. That sort of makes uh, a little bit of sense. Yeah. A bit. But you can it, understand why that exists. It's also incredibly inconvenient if you're trying to build, like, multi-part ships. Oh, I see. Because well, Once really... they can split apart and still control themselves. Well, because you really need an advanced ASS for docking because mm. otherwise it doesn't automatically use the RCS to keep you stable. Mm. So basically when you're doing, the, when you're doing docking maneuvers, you... You align yourself so that your docking ports are going to are at least facing on like the same plane or whatever. Yeah. Lock it in with the advanced SS, and then that uses the thrusters to keep it in that position. And then you can still use the thrusters to like maneuver it in, mm-hmm. like on top of what the SS is doing. Yeah. So you really need the advanced SS for docking maneuvers. But then, of course, every part of the ship that you want to maneuver like that has to have an SAS, and then that fucks up when they're all joined together. <laughs> yeah, when they're launching. Yeah. Or whatever. Okay. So I was thinking about designing a new ship that was basically just going to have it so that you could just jettison the excess SASs once you joined them all together in space. So you'd have to commit to the docking, but once you, if you're building like a giant multi-part <coughs> ship, once you've got all the bits attached, you just get rid of all the excess SASs. Oh, I see. You could just jet those. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So uh, do you have a, like a standard uh, honed design for getting to orbit now? Because you were saying you were having trouble with that. Kind of. I have like one, I have sort of two different designs. I mean, I still, I keep, I never think they're actually that great. I right. keep thinking I should redesign them. But I, the one that I used for the moon base when I was building that, yeah, I just, it was basically one design that I used over and over where I just built it so that it was, it's actually a really weird looking rocket because the like engines go around the payload. Right. Because it's easier to just mount the payload in line with the center of the mass especially when your payloads aren't entirely symmetrical. Right. The closer it is to the center of mass, obviously, the less it has an effect on yeah, how unsymmetrical. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I've had that. and that's So, this short did. rocket with tons of... Surrounded by liquid engines. Yeah, well, it's not even that short. It's actually, it's actually a fucking gigantic ass rocket. The way I do, way I do designs for payload rockets is yeah. basically make a rocket and then have a have a have a like placeholder payload i just use one of those big orange tanks yeah because they're like they're like 36 tons or whatever right so it's like if it can get one of these big orange tanks full of fuel into orbit then we're good because i'm pretty sure no other payload i'm gonna make is gonna be nearly that heavy i see (laughs) interesting okay i will uh update you on progress there yeah yeah, that sounds like a plan. Anyway, so I played that, bit of that, and uh, I finished Bioshock Infinite. Woo. Yes. So, well, you're... I, spoiler free. Spoiler I, free. I, I actually don't want... I actually do want to yeah. play this at some I point. I think you should play this, Rob. I think you'd mm-hmm. enjoy it. It's a good game. Uh, I've gone through why the combat's good and why the gameplay sure. design is good and everything about that. It's not well, too... Well, because so there were some, like, mixed opinions on the ending The ending, stuff. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, like, where, where do you side on it? Does it work for you? Or? I enjoyed the ending. It was like a, um, it was a bit of a massive info dump, basically, combined <laughs> with, so it was like a combination. A yeah, yeah, it was like a Metal Gear ending. It's like spectacular in places. It was multi-stage and with multiple what-the-fuck moments going on huh. throughout it. It was fairly lengthy. And, um, uh, yeah, it was like, you had to think about it afterwards for a while, like that you weren't getting what was going on while it didn't manage to explain fast enough while it was happening. So it was like, you had to then think, wait, what, what? What's what's going on? (laughs) Sorry. I haven't had time to process this. Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of kind of revelations. I mean, the, the idea is I think you're supposed to put most of the clues together just through the voxophones leading up to the end. Right. Uh, you know the audio logs and stuff. So if you're looking for those things, yeah. then presumably by the end you may have an idea about what it but means. I don't think you really but... will. I think you need to see hear those vox phones in the context of what you learn at the end in order oh, to well, understand so what's really going on. After you after you know the revelations, you, you then, then can things. piece the puzzle together because it's like just not enough info otherwise. Right, but so it's, it's kind of like, like original those, Bioshock actually. It's a bit like one of those films where there's an end game twist, mm. and actually then you go back and watch the film and you can see. Yeah the point like kind of sixth sense style i guess yeah exactly i mean if you think about it it's it is similar to the original bioshock because in that case it had a chronological story but you 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 came in at the end of the story the start mm. of the game is at the end of the story kind of in bioshock you know yeah, and then you of, kind of piece of. together what happened what, what the happened, history of you know, the his- yeah. exactly and it's kind of the same deal but there were some uh but it was it's cool the way they i mean one of the coolest things was um the name makes sense. Like, no, Bioshock <laughs> Infinite. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, you think, oh, that's just some random cool word they've stuck on. It's like, no, they do something that actually that. means oh, okay. something that actually makes sense by the end of the game. But it's, but not throughout the rest of it. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no explanation until the end of what Bioshock Infinite means. Because some you're games like, do oh. that where they drop it, like, I don't know, a third, like, yeah, soon yeah. after the start or, like, a small portion of the way in. Act some, two, some, end of Act two. Or yeah, something. suddenly something happens and it's like, oh, okay, I get why this game is like this now. Or, or why it's called this. Or why the subtitle is like this yeah. more often than not. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but they didn't. It was like, we work right, right to the end and before it's like, oh, okay, Bioshock Infinite. Okay, that makes sense. And um, they also um, went some way to explaining why everything is mysterious, where despite being clearly a different world to the original Bioshock, everything Mm. is mysteriously kind of similar. Right. Uh, so they actually is a reason for that. Okay, too. cool. So it's it's cool stuff. I and I really enjoyed it. I mean, combat wise, I thought, or gameplay wise, I thought the height was actually that bit that I already talked about earlier on, where you're like, it's a giant area, and you're fighting, and there's skylines, and you go up to a zeppelin, and then take it out from the inside, blow blowing up. And that that okay. was like the coolest the combat ever got. There was a com- big combat section at the end. They avoided the temptation, as has been noted in quite a few reviews. They avoided the temptation for a rubbish end boss fight okay, uh, against Songbird or whatever. Yeah. You never have to fight that thing, which is great. Huh. Um, um, and uh, but they did have an extended. Obviously, needed a dramatic it, battle well, at the yeah, end. It needed concluding. Yeah, it needed something, and the, it was quite a frustrating section because purely because it didn't quite explain to me what was going on. Fast, I didn't really understand what was ha- what I was supposed to be defending. Right. 
uh, I was on a Zeppelin and they were attacking and it's like, uh, oh, and, and it kept like, it never does this anywhere else in the game, but it had like a failure state and it was one of those fails where you don't even get a sequence, it just fades to black oh, and says, oh, you fucked up. And it's like, oh, that's oh, the worst. freaking hell, I hate that game. Like, yeah, at least some games when you get that failure state, they'll like zoom in on what it was you yeah. were supposed to have oh, saved yeah. or what it was. It's like, oh, this guy's died. Oh, I was supposed to be saving him. Oh, thanks for telling no, me. No, all you get is a fade to <laughs> black, a stupid message, and then a reset to a, a save point right at the start of that entire massive battle it's like oh not again anyway considering the game on normal mode is pretty damn easy that was kind of annoying to right at the end be like sudden difficulty spike well it wasn't it wasn't even that hard I just didn't understand what I was supposed to do at first that's quite uh, a failure. I, 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 yeah, I think that's frustratingly common. Yeah, in some even in some of the biggest titles where they just they don't. I, I don't necessarily want to be told sometimes just outright, or oh, you need to be doing this, but there needs to be enough to telegraph what I need to yeah. be doing. And so, so looking back at it, it's like the clues were there. I mean, the thing is, it had a giant bar that, uh, uh, of blue electricity, and there was a blue thing gen- generator looking thing on the deck but i thought they were gonna I, I assumed the power source for the zeppelin would be inside the ship so i thought they were like <laughs> just <on> the <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh, so i was just ignoring this blue thing i didn't realize they were attacking it and i was supposed to be defending it right uh because there were other areas you could go up high and snipe from above so you made a slightly skylines. overly reasoned judgment yeah i was like well how are they getting into the ship and it was like it kept saying oh they the vox have destroyed the power core of the zeppelin and it's like we need that thing it's like well where where the how are they getting in and what the fuck's going and then I realised they're all shooting this giant blue thing on the deck I was like oh okay that makes sense uh, um, so basically Zeppelins are designed badly but I thought that that bar referred to another they'd just given you a new area of effectability which I won't spoil what it is right uh, I, see, I, see. I thought so it was related to that and a, and I think like when the I was, power for how you can use it yeah and, yeah. and that I think I saw a bit of, like, I watched a bit of Vinny play in the end of it, well, afterwards, on their spoiler cast, and that had, seemed to have a little UI element for that, that I didn't see, or it was completely, it was tiny, and oh. maybe I missed it completely, because I got totally confused. Anyway, but... Um, they introduced too much at once. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. It was right at the end. That's literally mm. the last sequence. It's like a, a, a ten minute fight or something, <laughs> okay. or maybe less. A little bit like, so, the, like, the end of Bioshock 2, for instance, where they introduce the little sister as a friend yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and you they... have to use a new mechanic <laughs> yeah, for the final boss. Just, just yeah. for the last little segment. That's yeah. basically what they did. Um, but it, it was a Which cool fight. I quite like that. It's a way of like making using yeah. what you've already had without making it seem like a cheesy ex- like cheesy boss fight. Yeah, know? exactly. I mean, in that respect, it was, it was perfect. It just needed to slightly telegraph more... Uh, what to do or, or what exactly was going on like because it gave you a message saying oh you've got this new area of effectability but it didn't give you a message saying you need to protect this blue thing in the middle of the deck <laughs> which is all I needed anyway that's the most important bit yeah exactly the objective should come before yeah before the ability that you get or whatever or otherwise or other way round it should tell you about it it should do both yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should do both clearly yeah and perhaps with a tiny gap in between yeah so cool yeah a good game, definitely worth uh, mm. playing. Uh, amazing art design throughout. Mm. Uh, Possibility uh, of sequel? Uh, interesting question. I don't think <laughs> relies on the ending, was it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if Ken Levine would want to multiple endings. Well, not uh, really no, with the no, first one. There's in no fairness, multiple endings. Might have been. It actually is um, 
plays with the idea of choice i think in general uh, it's like it is yeah. linear but it's like it's it's almost shoving it in your face the fact that whatever you, no you choose yeah you have no choice part of its message you mean yeah exactly yeah. that's part of the message um uh but yeah cool story what uh, did he, I, 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 extra credits had an interesting thing about bioshock infinite this week yeah. um I, I didn't get around to watching all of it um but they made the very interesting um uh, analysis that some of but the world of Colombia doesn't <coughs> seem quite right because they've had to adhere to some of the trappings of Bioshock, right? As in Vigors, yeah. As in what's the in in yeah. in Bioshock, the plasmids are there. Downfall of the they are yeah. so core to that world, yeah. And and why that world is what it is, mm-hmm. um, that it makes perfect sense for them to be there both mechanically and narratively, yeah. In Colombia. Figures doesn't make really, any sense. No, for figures them to don't exist really make in sense. the world, yeah. And they give you a sort of explanation for why they exist at all. For why that not not for why they exist at all. Really, they don't really explain that as far as <laughs> well, I It's like we stole this idea from the actual Bioshock for a portal. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> that seems likely, doesn't some, it? Yeah. Somewhat similar to that, yeah. Uh, but um, they, they they give a reason for there being similarities between the worlds, basically. Uh, but, but they like, still don't. It still doesn't help the fact that Vigors aren't entrenched in the world of Columbia. Well, yeah, this is the like, thing. Like in the, the same way as plasmids. Yeah, the example they gave was like you get these. These things obviously aren't prohibitively expensive enough because there are sections of the game where you're just freely given them by by yeah. other characters, and it's like. But then you still see people around you not using them. Yeah, it doesn't make using, any sense. Like I don't know. Uh, they had a nice graphic on on extra credits of like, oh, okay. If I had fire in my hand, why don't I light, light my cigar with my thumb like a British gas ad? Or, or... there's 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 images <laughs> like that in the original Bioshock, aren't there? Yeah. Of like people lighting. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean. In, in this one, why are people still using Zippos or whatever to try yeah. to light their cigarettes if they possibly have fire thumbs? It's like they've bypassed because that, that that was heavily involved in Bioshock, but in this one, mm. like at the start of this, there's like a training section which is uh in Bioshock Infinite which is like a fairground showing different figures sure but nobody there like is actually it, using another them, public yeah. are using them yeah it's really weird anyway so yeah that's it's, it's a massive disconnect I mean uh, yeah. they probably awesome, needed though, for the combat right exactly they, they they needed they're make... really well done but perhaps they needed they're to... probably better than they ever were yeah perhaps they needed to like separate them out as something for that world to work make them something sort of special as in they're hard to come by for some reason or you know there, there's elizabeth never even comments on the fact that your arm occasionally turns on fire or like or <laughs> yeah. like turns into like I, I there must be well you know that makes the assumption that there are no element you know yeah into the world i guess but it's just a bit weird it is odd it is odd because none it's... of the enemies use them against you and they're apparently around all the time well, I suppose they do. Some of the enemies are like the embodiment of one of the Vigors, mm. but they don't... Yeah, because like... in Bioshock they played with the idea that some enemies were using those things against you, and then soon after you saw that, you'd have the option to get it yourself. Yeah, that kind of happened. I mean, like, the, the crow guy kind of mm. can turn into crows yeah, and fly, like the invisible and the fireman. stuff wasn't there in, in the first Bioshock. Yeah. Had, like, some guys, some of the... What are they called? Splices. Splices, that's Splices, it, yeah. yeah. They would just, just go... <laughs> Splices. Splices. And go invisible for a while, and they were super annoying. And then, of course, you get the ability to... When you stand still for a while... Yeah. Uh, it was, oh, it wasn't a plasmid, was it? That was a to- one of the tonics. 
Mm. Which is one of the more useful ones. It's like, well, if you stand still for a while or don't shoot or there's some mechanic to it, you just mm. turn invisible. And it's like, that's incredibly handy. Yeah. I can scope out this area like without without being seen. It's weird. You get so powerful by the on normal anyway. Like the figures are so pa- once you upgrade them, mm. they're just insanely powerful. But then there's one there's one enemy that's really hardcore, which is the handyman, mm. and uh, he's the like big daddy. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But you don't get many. You don't see him that often. But when you do, he comes right up and punches the, your lights out. You basically need the skylines to escape him, <laughs> effectively. But he can electrocute the skylines. Oh, there right. weren't enough sections where you saw him do that, but it was quite <laughs> cool. And when he did, yeah, that's kind of fun. Forcing you to jump off sharpish. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I tended to my basic tactic was murder of crows against infantry. Uh, which once you upgrade it, when they die, they turn into traps of murder of crows. So then oh, any yeah. more infantry that come, they all just get just sort, just sort themselves murderized. Out. <laughs> yeah, and then against anything else, like anything electronic or any bosses, I just sap them with the electricity. Mm. Which after a while starts chaining to other things yeah, once you upgrade it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So that they were my go-to um, figures. But uh, I, I thinking about it, I, I wish I'd tried the um, the undertow. That's like the one you get quite later. Is like a a wave and it's like pulls people in and sucks them out like hmm. this, like it, it's it's image is like an octopus so that hmm. that one sounded quite useful because you could like pull people off floating barges oh, I see. Yeah, that can and be off the off the world hmm. so that, that kind of stuff so it's kind of cool like, yeah <laughs> force push yeah so yeah play through uh it'll take you no time i'm sure compared to me <laughs> and um uh, we can discuss the spoilerific ending if you at some time yeah as i was like, we'll, i will get to it it is on my to-do list yeah it's still massively up its own arse. But, yeah, yeah, well, don't expect anything less. But that's cool. That's a cool game. Sometimes you need someone with that with a strong conviction. Yeah, he really does, that guy. Okay. Mr. Levine. Cool. Okay. Be clear? Yeah, I think we're clear. That's the end of part one. Part one ends. Do you want to pull oh, oh, are, are we stopping? I thought you were going to go like... Well, I don't, like know, three, I don't know whether this will actually be a part, but we're going to have a recording break. Okay. You may or may not hear anything apart from a cut, and then we'll come back. I have to think of some sort of sound effect to slide in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Some sort of musical sting. But I have to use my, like, sinister organs. Yeah, possibly. Rather sinister organs. Yes, please. Alrighty, catch you guys in a few moments. Catch you back for E3. Cute.